Hello, I'm Dr. Jonathan Barker, pastor here at Amazing Grace Baptist Church in Mount Airy, North Carolina. I would like to personally thank you for taking out time today to tune in to our preaching podcast. We hope that this message will be a great encouragement to your heart today. We've been studying the whole armor of God. Let's pick up reading. Let's stand in honor and reverence to the reading of God's word in verse number 10 of Ephesians 6. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that he may be that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand therefore having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the devil or all the fiery darts of the wicked and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit which is the word of God praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all preservation and supplication for all saints. Now I'm interested in verse 17 and take the helmet of salvation Now I want to talk to you tonight just just a little while about that helmet of salvation. Father, I love you tonight. Now I thank you Lord for being good to us. I thank you God for mercy and grace. Thank you God for loving us tonight and I pray Lord that you'd help us for just a little while tonight. I pray God that we would understand Father of the words in the scripture Lord that you'd have us to say tonight. God thank you Lord for letting us gather together inside your house again tonight. We'll give you the praise for everything that's done in Jesus name. Amen and amen. You can be seated tonight. I want to look in this for a little while again tonight and talk to you about the helmet of salvation. The helmet of salvation. Now you that was here uh, on the Wednesday nights knows that we have been looking through this uh, and how important it is to have the whole armor of God. He didn't instruct us to take just a little bit but he said take the whole armor of God. Now I said this and let me just say it again briefly that it's not our armor tonight but it's God's armor and we're to put on his armor tonight. Now I've heard this statement made before physically you are what you eat. You are what you eat. Now I thought about that and I understand that statement but could you imagine if you really was what you eat Could you imagine that? I mean, Brother John would have come in like a sardine tonight. Are you with me? Some of you would have had feathers and would have been clucking because of all the chicken that you eat. Some of you would have been a filet mignon. Some of you would have talked Spanish tonight because you have wore the Mexican restaurant out in the past two days. 
But we've heard this statement, you are what you eat. But can I say this on a spiritual aspect? You are what you think. You are what you think. In other words, if you're thinking spiritual thoughts, then you become spiritual. If you're thinking fleshly things, then you become fleshly tonight. You are what you think. The battle with temptation and sin begins, watch this, in our mind. That's where every bit of it begins at. It begins in our mind tonight. You know what? Our mind is a battleground. That's what our mind is tonight. Now, mine's not much of a battleground tonight because it's not working very much, but it is a battleground our mind is tonight. Think about this. Thoughts leads to actions. And actions leads to habits. Can I say that again? Thoughts leads to actions. And actions leads to habits. Uh, can I illustrate it just very quickly and briefly? What happened in David's life? David looked upon Bathsheba. Then David thought about it. Then David had her brought into him. Then David lay with her. Thoughts leads to actions. Now, think about this. No man can keep himself from having bad thoughts. But if you linger there and entertain the thought, it is sin. It is sin. Um, um, Boy, I'm trying to think about a, a way to illustrate it. Let me just say it this way. If you're riding down the road tonight, uh, 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 as a man, you're riding down the road tonight and, and you pass somebody's house and there's an a inappropriate dressed lady. Let me back up and rephrase that. It wouldn't be a lady. An inappropriate dressed woman standing outside and you see that, is it a sin? No, but if you began to linger on that, if you turn around and drive back by or if you hit the brakes and continually look or if you wreck your car because you're looking, then it has become sin. Are you hearing me tonight? What happened? A thought entered in our mind and it lingered there and it becomes sin. It will lead to an action. As it gets easier, and easier and easier, if you're not careful, you'll find yourself enslaved to sin. Martin Luther said this, you can't prevent a bird from flying over your head, but you can prevent it from building a nest on your head. That's a pretty good statement. Think about this with me. Uh, straight dogs will inevitably come through your yard. They, they're just going to happen. Matter of fact, here just a few Sunday nights ago, we was in the middle of service and moreover came by. Did y'all see the dog? That's what I named it, moreover. That's a biblical name, moreover. The dogs came and licked the rich man's swords. Moreover came trodden through. And people tried to run moreover off, but moreover stayed around. And when everybody left and went home, guess what? Moreover thought it would be a great idea to come visit Princess Popolina. <laughs> and it didn't end well for moreover. Moreover was a moron for coming down there. 
We got right to the edge of where her line is and Brother Matt, every hair on her back stood up. She went to growling and pawing the ground like a Brahma bull. Moreover, stepped past the line. That was a mistake. And the fight was on. You say, what'd you do? I started to go get a gun. I figured I was going to have to kill one of the two to get it broke up. And finally, moreover, run off. Now, you know what have happened? If I would have petted moreover a lot and I'd have gave moreover some food, you know what it ended up happening? It ended up taking residence at old John's house. But I did not do that. You can't keep things from coming through your mind, but you can keep them from staying in your mind. You can keep them from staying in your mind. From beginning to end, we justify sin so many times in our mind. Let me illustrate it. We call it an accident, but God calls it an abomination. We call sin a blunder, but God calls it blindness. We call it chance, but God calls it a choice. We call it fascination, but God calls it fatality. We call it infirmity, but God calls it iniquity. We call it weakness, but God calls it willfulness. We call it sickness, but God calls it sin. Do you hear everything that I just said? We call it so many times, oh, I'm just weak. No, you're willing. Let me say this to you. I, I, let me tell you the reason you sin so much because you want to. You want me to tell you the reason I sin so much? Because I want to. Matter of fact, according to the Bible, we're dead to sin once we're saved. But you want me to tell you the reason that we find ourselves sinning is because we do it willfully and we say this, well, I'm just weak. No, you're willful. You're willful. You're going in the power of your own self instead of in the power of God. Remember... We have armor because we're in a war. We have armor, is everybody awake? Because we're in a war. Because we're on a battlefield. God said put on the armor because we're in a war. Now, can I say something to you? Your head, I don't know if you know this or not. If you didn't, I'm going to educate you right here. Your head is a very vital part of your body. Did anybody else know that? You know what? I could cut my arm off and I could still live. I could cut my leg off and I could still live. Are you hearing me? I could cut my ear off and I could still live. But you know what? If you cut my head off, I'm going to die. Matter of fact, 99% of those that are shot in the head never recover from it. Very few. They never recover from it. So you say, preach, what are you saying? I'm saying this. Our head is very vital. We can't live without it. Now, some of y'all, uh, there's a head up there, but there's not much in between it and you're making it all right. But we've got to have our head. And look what he says, that we put on the helmet of salvation. Why? Here's the reason why. It is what guards our mind tonight. 
It is what guards our mind tonight. Can I say this to you tonight? You need your mind guarded. Let me say that again, okay? Now that we're inside, I know it's been a long time, but it's okay. Look, here, let me help you right here. Say this after me. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. I tried. Help him, Lord. Bless him good now. All right, now you got it all. It's okay to say that now that we're back inside. It really helps me a lot, okay? You need your mind guarded tonight. Let me tell you the reason that you need your mind guarded tonight because, and I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself, because if we'll go all the way back to Genesis chapter number three, that's where sin started at. Satan got in their mind. Satan got in their mind. I thought about this. Salvation itself involves the mind. Belief may be a matter of the heart, but repentance is a change of mind that leads to a change of action. Repentance is much more than just uh, regretting uh, that we sinned or that we got caught in sinning. It is, it is much more than self-pity. Repentance is a change of mind that produces a change in our actions. Let me tell you the reason you don't do the things you used to do, because you had a change in mind. You say, no, it's because I don't do them no more. You want me to tell you the reason you don't do them no more? Because all of a sudden you had a change in mind. And now you don't want to do what you used to do. So therefore you now have a change in action. Why is it so important to have our mind guarded with the helmet of salvation tonight? Because our mind is what produces our actions. You ever ask somebody why they've done something and they say this? I just wasn't thinking. I just, I just wasn't thinking. I asked Miss Kelsey the other day. I said, why did you say yes when Dakota Queen said, will you be my wife? She said, well, preacher, I just wasn't thinking. <laughs> I just wasn't thinking. He said, it don't change the fact she said yes, but it's not June 27th yet. <laughs> we might get her thinking Wednesday night. What happens? It all starts in our mind. It's where it all starts with. Repentance leads to a change in action. Changing our mind changes our growth in the Lord. Changing our mind changes our purpose for the Lord. Changing our mind changes our attitude towards the Lord. A lot of churches today emphasize the heart and emotions alone to the exclusion of the mind. But it all starts right here. Let me tell you, one of your biggest enemies is your mind. Daddy said this one time, an idle mind is like the devil's workshop. And I think that's the reason he's always doing something. He's always doing something. He's always, it kills him. He was at the house the other night and I said, listen to me. He said, what? I said, I've got to talk to you, sis. Well, what? And I said, just calm down, man. I've got to talk. What? And I said, you cannot walk all over the church and talk to everybody in the church. <laughs> That's exactly what he done, didn't he? Mama said, 
Well, big gal, you've been rebuked by the pastor now. <laughs> Evidently, she had told him the same thing. And I said, if I let you walk all over and talk to everybody in the church, then I got to let everybody else walk everywhere and talk to everybody. And I said, I don't even walk everywhere and talk to everybody. I said, go to the parking lot and walk all you want to and talk all you want to. But get out of the church before you do it. Man, I'm telling you, here's what he said. I wasn't brought up that way. And I said, I wasn't either. But it's what we've got to do right now. You say, preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying this. Our mind tonight, I think the reason daddy's always moving is because he knows if he gets still, it's a time for the devil to work in his mind. Um, let me tell you the reason and, and I've seen several articles on this. I've tried not to read much about it. Matter of fact, the past few weeks, I've just completely tried to back away from, from all of that garbage. I've read a few local things, but let me tell you one reason that suicide rate, they say, is going up right now. I understand it's because our economy is crashing. Matter of fact, last Monday night, this past Monday night, in the commissioner's meeting I was at, they said that uh, just two months ago, three months ago, uh, North Carolina was the sixth most visited state in the United States. What about that? North Carolina. Today we're the sixth highest, we're the sixth highest in unemployment. Anyway, I'm just going to keep moving past that. But think about this. They was talking about the suicide rate. They was talking about the divorce rate. They was talking about how the mental hotlines are being blowed up right now. Here, I understand, I understand that people's been without job. I understand that finances has went down. But you want me to tell you what's happened? All of a sudden, everybody has all this free time. And they sat on social media and the internet and see how everybody says everything's bad and the world's coming to an end and their mind is overflowed with junk. That's where it's all coming from. The mind tonight. The mind tonight. Let me show you three things. The helmet is our protection it's what protects our mind. Number one, the helmet protects from a divided mind. From a divided mind. I'm reminded of what the Bible said in James 1.8. A double-minded man is unstable, watch this, in all his ways. A double-minded man. In other words, watch me now, those that try to serve God on Monday and man on, I mean God on Sunday and man on Monday. Those that tries to sing in the choir, and boy, I can't wait till that day comes. Somebody, got, I figured I'd have got an amen right there. I can't wait till that day comes. But those that try to sing in the choir and act like they're really spiritual, and they go out in the world and live like hell itself, they're double-minded. And when we have the helmet of salvation on, when we're allowing God's word to control our mind, we're not double-minded. You see, the helmet protects from being double-minded. It means looking. Here's what that means. It means looking in two directions at the same time. We need a singular focus. We need a singular focus. We don't need to be looking in two directions. 
We don't need to be worried about everything. I've preached this 14 years. I don't care whatever other church in Surrey County is doing. I don't care. I, you say, well, they're doing this and they're doing that. Great, I'm glad they are. I'm worried about right here. A singular focus. So many today has their mind going in two different directions. They've got it on God half the time and on the world half the time. Our world today is filled with a divided loyalty, a split allegiance, multiple goals, I thought about this, which is better, to do a couple things well or to do many things poorly? What was it that Paul said in Philippians 3.13? But this one thing I do. You know what Spurgeon said? He said, I'd rather say this one thing I do than these 40 things I dabble with. This one thing. This one thing, our mind is divided. Our vision is divided. We live in a multitasking society. And we are capable of doing more than, let me back up and rephrase that. Some are capable of doing more than one thing at a time. If you was to go into my office whenever I'm studying or when I've got much going on, if I'm in the office much, um, you know, I, I've got a computer in there and the screen will be split at least twice usually. I've got something running on this side of the screen and something running on this side of the screen. And a lot of times I've got my tablet setting over here and that's what my day planner's in and I'm looking at it too. Today we are trying to live in a multitasking society. Somebody give me a witness right there. A multitasking society. I mean, as, and I'm just going to preach to everybody, including me right here, okay? As if one social media is not enough, we've got to have three or four different kinds. We got to know what this one's doing and that one's doing. If they didn't post it over here, we've got to go post over there and we've got to make sure this one's doing that. And that. It will guard from being double-minded. He would guard from being double-minded. You know, let me tell you one reason I wanted to get out of drive-in church so bad because it's absolutely just about impossible for you to pay complete holy attention to a preacher preaching when you're sitting in a car. You go to fiddling with everything else. Now, everybody awake? We're, we're going to be honest because honesty is good for the soul. How many during church and driving church looked at Facebook during service? You bunch of liars. <laughs> there was one hand went up right then. How many had to take your phone away from your spouse? <laughs> Let me tell you the reason why. That's the way our mind works. We're in such a high-paced society today. We're doing this, we're doing this, we're looking at this. We've got a new rule at our house. When we go to the dinner table, there's no devices brought. Even if you've got your Apple Watch on, you're going to turn it off while we're sitting at the kitchen table. It's time to sit down and eat a meal with our family, and we push everything else to the side. Hey, that's the way we're geared today. Having the helmet of salvation, church, it helps from having a divided mind. I want to ask you this. Are we trying to have a dose of Jesus and a dose of the world? 
Is that where we're living at today? I'm talking about a double mind. I, I read this. It said there was a Civil War soldier couldn't decide which side to be loyal to. So he put on a pair of gray pants and a blue jacket. They found him a short time. I mean, a sh they found him shot in the front and shot in the back. The writer goes on to say, but Joshua says, choose you this day whom you'll serve. The writer went on to say this, we've got too many fence riding Christians. Get on or get off. Get in or get out. Get up or get down. Get hot or get cold. Get with it or get without it. But don't ride the fence. You'll eventually fall off. A double mind. That helmet guards against a double mind. Number two, I've got a lot more I could say there. Our churches are filled. Divided mind members. Why don't you sell out for God? Because I might not be entirely done serving the devil. Well, why don't you just serve the devil? Because I might want to sell out and serve God. Hello? Make up your mind. The helmet of salvation guards against the double mind. Number two tonight. The helmet not only protects from a divided mind, but the helmet protects from a deceived mind. A deceived mind. 2 Corinthians 11.3 says this, But I fear, lest by any means, as the serpent beguiled or deceived, is what that means, Eve, through his subtility, so your minds should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. A deceived mind. The simplicity that is in Christ. Can I tell you something? What God said in the garden was very simple. Don't eat of the fruit of that tree. Go anywhere else. Do anything else. Eat anything else you want to eat. Leave that one tree alone. Here's what Satan done. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden. Did you know that Satan did not say, God didn't say that. He didn't say, God did not say that. He said, yeah, yeah, God said. Yeah, from the very beginning, Satan's tactic was simply this. Cause you to doubt what God did say. Is that really what he said? Is that really what he said? I'm sure if Brother Ryan was to give us a, a class tonight and a lesson on interrogation tonight, he would say that they try to get them to doubt themselves. I've watched several of them I, uh, through the years. I've had a few opportunities to set in on some of them. And it's very interesting to watch that interrogator's skills. Are you sure you really said that? Is that really the way that that happened? Are you sure? You know what, if you question somebody long enough, you'll just about get them to doubt them on self. And you know what Satan's doing right here? Yea, hath God said. Now did God really say that? Nowhere does Satan say God didn't say that. 
He just got them to doubt it. You see, when you have a helmet on of salvation, it will protect you from a deceived mind. He didn't deny God's word. He just caused doubt about God's word. Doubt will lead to denial, and denial, watch this, will lead to disobedience. He got them to doubt it. He got them to deny it. And then he got them to disobey God. And now, because of Genesis 3, we have sin in the world. Why do we need the helmet of salvation? Because it protects us from a divided mind, a deceived mind. But can I say this last of all? The helmet protects us from a discouraged mind. A discouraged mind. 1 Thessalonians 5.8 says this. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love. And for an helmet... The hope of salvation. 1 Thessalonians 5 You say, preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying when we have our mind guarded with a helmet of salvation, it will protect us from a discouraged mind. Hope in the Bible isn't wishful thinking. Is it an unwavering confidence in God? It's hope you have already found and received. Discouragement. I, I, um, I think about discouragement, and I, and I believe I could say this. And I'm about done. Come start playing softly. I believe I could say this. Probably every pastor across the board that stands for anything, that loves his people and stands for what's right, okay? Let me clarify that has battled discouragement in the past 12 weeks more than he's ever battled it. I've talked to numerous pastors. The man's just been down in the dumps. Let me tell you the reason why. There's no books written on how to pastor in COVID-19. Man, my mentors, I've talked to them. What dad said, I don't know what to tell you. All I know is I wasn't trying to go to church and sit down and not talk to everybody. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you. What do you do? When do you go back in? We, one thing I do know, COVID's not leaving. Whether we go in tonight or whether we go in six months from now, it's still going to be here. So when do you go in? When do you go to a restaurant and sit down and eat again? When, when do you say choir? Let's go to meeting. When do you make the announcement that's coming up Sunday, Sunday school starting back? You with me tonight? When do you make those decisions? Discouragement. Man, you look around and we started out 2020 on the top. I mean running wide open, doing more than we had ever done, running more than we had ever ran. We started out 2020 on a Sunday morning with over 200 in church. 
This morning, it's about 130. Look around on a Sunday night, and we're socially distanced. So it looks like we're kind of full, but we're not full at all. On Sunday night, the beginning of 2020, we was borderline keeping the choir up. Matter of fact, we was fixing to start keeping the choir up, part of them on Sunday mornings, when all this hit. And yeah, I mean, you don't talk about discouragement. I'm thankful that the finances have stayed great. God's blessed us with that. I'm very thankful for that. But man, you don't talk about hard. And you look in the parking lot and you go home and you can count 40 people like that. And you can go home and you can count 30 like that that hadn't been to church in 12 weeks. That said, come hell or high water, I'll be there. I'm going all the way. And I'm not being ugly. Drive-in church was the safest thing you'd done during COVID-19. Discouragement. I'm just, I'm just, I'm, I'm talking to you, okay? I'm not fussing, I'm just talking to you. You know what I had to find myself doing? I just had to find myself getting in that book and letting God keep the helmet of salvation on my head to keep me. If there's ever been a time I wanted to resign, it's been in the past 12 weeks. I'm just honest with you. I'm sure there's a lot of y'all, if you want to put it on a secular basis, that in the past 12 weeks has went, man, I wish I could just quit work. <laughs> I, uh, Brother Brian, I've thought about him so much. We've talked a lot. And, uh, this policy changed, and then 30 minutes later it changed again, and then 30 minutes later it changed again, and then 30 minutes later it changed again. And Sally's fussing because she can't go in and be with Bob. You with me tonight? Discouragement. And that's the reason, church, it's so important that we have the helmet of salvation on because it protects us from that discouragement. I read this. A general and his men were completely surrounded in a battle. He said to his soldiers, men, they are on all sides. Don't let every one of them get away. Can I say it to you again? Men, they're on every side. Don't let them get away. You know what so many would have said? Men, they're on every side. Hope you told your wife you loved her before you left home. It's the way the biggest part of us would have looked at it. Now holla amen at me. Hope you told your kids you loved them because we fixing to die, baby. But you know what that general said? They on every side, don't let them get away. You know what he was saying? Here's what he was saying. We're more than conquerors. He said, let's go get them. Let's go get them. You know what he was doing? He was keeping from having a discouraged mind. Here's what Paul said. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, Whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report. If there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Those things 
which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do. And the God of peace shall be with you. You know what he was saying? Here's what he was saying. Your mind, you need to think on the right things. Whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are of a good report, think on these things. Think on these things. The battle is ours. The victory's already been won. So let's put on the helmet of salvation tonight. We don't have to be discouraged. We don't have to be despondent. We don't have to be defeated. We're more than conquerors through Christ. We're more than conquerors through Him. God's already given us the victory. It's just up to us to live in it. Our minds tonight. God help us with our minds.